You are listening to the MJ Sportscast. Recapping the latest games, getting you up to date on the latest sports news, and providing our exciting Bay Area picks. This is the MJ Sportscast with your hosts, Mike Tang and Jerry Yang. Okay, welcome everyone to the MJ Sportscast. And today we have a very special guest with us. Um, he is a credentialed beat writer for the Golden State Warriors. And is a co-founder of at Let's Go Warriors YouTube and Twitter show and newsletter. And he's a hoops junkie and commissioner of Dream League, one of the world's largest Bay Area recreational basketball leagues. And that's how you guys nickname. And so, welcome to the show today is Poor Man's Commish. Welcome to the show, Poor Man. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Mike. How are you guys doing? Good, good. We're really excited to get you on. Um, so, you know, for people and our listeners that don't know you, um, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the Warriors and the journey that brought you here today. Yeah, sure. Well, actually, first of all, just to uh, sort of slight edit on that. I, I do say that I am founder of uh, at Let's Go Warriors, but as far as all the social media side of it, everything aside from the website is pretty much me mm. since uh, since 2013. Now, um, mm-hmm. I used to be, and this will kind of get into uh, background, I used to be with Golden State of Mind, yeah. which oh, yes, is the SB Nation blog. In fact, they were one of the, I got to credit my guy Shiloh, Shailendra Rao, uh, one of the founders of GSOM back in the day. It was like him, his brother, and a guy named uh, Justin. And they actually played in my basketball league, Dream League, which was uh, really thriving back in the day. Uh, We can get into that as well. But uh, now with the advent of uh, youth basketball and AAU, you know, uh, men's recreational leagues aren't as big and popular anymore as they used to be. Um, so we're, we're much smaller. But um, so back in the day, we had uh, the Golden State of Mind guys playing in my league. That's how I met them. And um, I think it was 2007. I forget why, but I, I just started going to summer league in Vegas before it really got popular, like the second year of existence of the summer league in Vegas and me being a guy who is used to like score keeping my basketball league games. Like I'm very hands-on, like I'll, I'll be sitting there score keeping the games, making sure all the stats are correct. You know, we, we even run NBA rules, 24 second shot clock. Like I will stand for nothing less than, <laughs> than that. It's like, that's why I call it the dream league. I see. Like, <laughs> um, because when I used to play in, um, I got to shout out uh, the Japanese leagues, all the Filipino immigrants that come here mm-hmm. and just start leagues. You know, you played in those leagues and, and that was your sort of dream NBA. Like, you know, you, you wanted to score 20 every game, you know, that kind of thing. And so I, I was like, I hated the college role. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I have control over this. So... Let's make it 24 seconds, implement like 99% of the rules. <laughs> we even have uh, 
we even have defense of three seconds. That's oh, wow. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. And that's uh, how you got your nickname, so, too, right? The poor man's commission because you made up all those rules. Well, yeah. So the, the story behind that is in the in the other leagues that I played in, at least the best ones, there used to be one in uh, Japantown uh, run by some guys that kept really good stats, too. And even though that was college rolls, you know, 20-minute running clock, the one and one on the seventh foul, I hate that. But mm-hmm. even though it was it was that, they, they, it was like such a really thriving community. Like there was just eight teams. And I actually, I stole their idea of having double elimination playoffs. So in Dream League, it's always double elimination playoffs. Nice. Um, so that it isn't one and done like the NCAA. It's like um, it feels as close as you can get to a series without actually having to spend the money on gyms and all that, you know, Mm -hmm. seven game series would be impossible in real life. It's barely possible (laughs) Um, in the NBA, I think. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So just, I know they're having plan, which is exciting. It's like, I'm actually impressed because usually I'm like, eh, that idea sucks. But this one's like really cool and fair. I'm all about fairness. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so we used to in the Japantown League. We used to uh, we used to watch other teams and and like you chat with the guys at the score table who are running the league. They also played in the league, which is cool. And um, it'd be like, oh, like someone would hit like a, like a big man would hit a three, and then someone would like evoke memories and go, oh, that's a poor man's Terry Mill <laughs> oh, or something. Nice. Remember the. <laughs> The guy from on Detroit, you <laughs> yeah. know, or you know, Bill Beer, you know, or you know, uh-huh. whatever. Would be like a poor man's uh, Kobe Bryant or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So I'm I'm the poor man's commission. I'm the you know back then nice. poor man's uh, David Stern, <laughs> uh, implementing all these rules and like. Uh, one time I even had like if you had a technical, it'd be five bucks. Wow. <laughs> that would that would deter you yeah. from. <laughs> doing technical but that didn't last long because it's honestly it's hard to administer right um but you know uh, a lot of the roles so I, i'm very keen on these roles uh david stern really did a good job of uh reducing the physicality because we adopted everything they did like swing an elbow you know those types of things to you know two shots in the ball or one shot in the ball you know depending and the role has changed now that I don't even think we can adopt these rules that they have now. They're too, mm-hmm. too soft. <laughs> <laughs> so you did mention 2007, correct? Where you started yeah, kind of covering yeah. the Warriors here. Yeah, I used to. Uh-huh. I think a lot of fans um, in the Bay Area started rooting for the Warriors um, during the 2007 period, especially that those yeah. We Believe years. Um, here and I love how you mentioned the summer league and how it started. And I remember like Marco yeah. Bellinelli tearing up exactly. the summer league there, and everyone was kind of hyping him to to be like I the was, next big thing. You know, I and... was one of those guys, <laughs> but I, I didn't I didn't know at the time that yeah. and Bellinelli was awesome in summer league, but I didn't yeah. know the culture of Don Nelson, uh-huh. how yes. he is so hard on rookies and I, I think that really adversely affected Marco's career although he turned it around and made it a good career but yeah that was my first you know so the Golden State of Mind guys were like oh wow you just you know 
So on Golden State of Mind, SB Nation, what made SB Nation so strong and powerful at the time? Um, and we all know that now they've had these employment practices that then uh, pretty much, it's funny how all these things tie together. It, it pretty much um, helped us create letsgowarriors.com with the Golden State of Mind guys that kind of came after me. So, so back then, um, you could just post anybody, any fan could post on SB Nation, which is kind of a cool feature. I think you mm -hmm. can still do that. Mm -hmm. um, although just nobody wants to do that anymore because SB Nation just has such a bad reputation mm -hmm. of treating their, their writers. Um, so they noticed I was posting all these scouting reports on Marco Bellinelli because that's like, I'm the poor man's commission. I, I score keep my games. I, I see all these men uh, playing and women. We did have some women play basketball some of them went to go play in college you know most of us didn't you know like one percent top one percent would go and play and you know you just kind of you know you're sitting there going yeah he's the poor man's this or that and so you start analyzing guys and you start kind of scouting people so I'm in Vegas watching Bellinelli he's going off and I decided to just first of all I was tweeting uh, I think actually no maybe a couple years later I was tweeting but um I was posting these scouting reports and um, and then so Shiloh at Golden State of Mind was like, yo, I mean, we, we already had an existing uh, friendship because they played in my league. They're like, why don't you just become a, a, a regular contributor on Golden State of Mind? And instead of you being doing a fan post, you have a login, login as poor man's commission, just post whatever you want. And, and literally you'll get like, I think I heard one time, like anything you post as a, as a writer on SB Nation, they have their tentacles in every, you know, Google yeah. search mm -hmm. and SEO. They're like, that's why their engine is so, was so valued. And, you know, it's, we're, we're entering a new generation. We can talk about that later. But um, so anytime I wrote, I just knew you would get like, Someone told me 8,000 reads. It had to be at least 5,000 because they had like an agreement with Yahoo or whatever. So it, it, your reach would be pretty awesome actually as, a, as a, you know, a writer of Golden State of Mind. And so they said, just, just write whenever you want. And then over time, I think 2009, 2010, uh, when was Bellinelli actually? Was he 2007? I can't quite remember. Um, yeah, 2007. Oh, he was drafted in 2007. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then 2009, 2010, um, I think, I think um, before I started going to Warriors games credentialed with Golden State of Mind, I, I was, because now that I, now that Jeremy Lin became uh, news again um, a couple months ago, um, it just brought me back to when I when I wrote about Jeremy because I I was intrigued by Jeremy. You know, Dream League started as just for Asians, mm -hmm. like because I grew up through the uh, Japanese leagues, or I should say, I discovered the Japanese leagues when I went to college at Cal Berkeley, um, and so I just they're so organized. Like you play every Sunday. Uh, you'd have to find your own gym, but you would host 
like the team that came to visit you and there'd be teams like from Sacramento, San Jose, uh, San Francisco. So it was like Sacramento, San Jose, San Francisco, and uh, San Jose, uh, I said that already, but you know, kind of like even San Mateo. So there'd be teams all over the Bay would go visit each other to play these games. It's so exciting, um, so unique. And so um, where was I going with this? Uh, so I, uh, so all of that was Japanese leagues. And then my friends back home in uh, Sunnyvale area, I forget how I met them, but they're all Filipino and they would always play in these Filipino leagues. So I got exposure to that. And so the, the Asian American basketball network, you would be surprised. It's, it's, uh, it's surprisingly strong, very strong out there. Um, how many like Asian Americans are in the U.S.? Is it like thirty million or something? Yeah, somewhere around and that number for sure. <laughs> it's and if you think about it, thirty million isn't that big, you know. Yeah. So, and among that, you have a small percentage that play basketball like passionately, mm-hmm. and so we're everybody knows each other like two or three degrees of separation in the Asian American basketball community. So when Jeremy Lin was coming up and he played at Pro-Am in San Francisco during the summer of 2000, like I think 2008 as a sophomore, I went to go watch him play and I was like, this kid has good defensive fundamentals. Like he retreats very well. He can block a shot because he's retreating on, at the time, oh, I forget who was the MVP, but it was like a small, guard um it's kind of like a mike conley type of uh the poor man's mike conley <laughs> there we go. Go. <laughs> kind of like yeah like the mvp of the summer poem and jeremy was locking him up like i mean he'd still the guy would still score like 20 because of his usage rate like he had the ball and shot the ball exclusively for his team but jeremy was doing well guarding him and doing well distributing the ball and his his shot looked funky i don't know if you guys remember that Mm -hmm. that was the big knock on jeremy so i wrote up this whole big thing and i started tracking him i even visited jeremy there's we could do a whole podcast on jeremy (laughs) um, uh yeah i got to know him and all of that and um and i tracked his i think junior year at harvard he went uh, eight against uh, Jer- Jerome Dyson of, of uh, Georgetown, I think. It was either UConn or Georgetown. He had a, I think it was Georgetown. Jeremy had a really good game. Actually, the first great game he had was against Tyrese Wright of Boston College. And Boston College had just beaten uh, North Carolina, which was the number one team in the nation at the time. So I could see, like, Jeremy's like, he pretty much ended Tyrese Rice's career. Um, and then uh, faced Jerome Dyson. That was more um, more well-known of a game. And I, I bought fifth special cable packages on DirecTV, but it coincided with uh, LeBron going to the Heat. So it all worked out well for me um, during that time. So I wrote this whole big thing and the, the the main guy was John Wall as the point guard. And, you know, I, I started tracking everything. I was like, 
you know, Jeremy is pretty athletic and it was like, I was tracking dunks even. And Jeremy had like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, John Wall, like 15 dunks or 20 dunks, but Jeremy had like seven. It, was, it wasn't like a total, you know, is all these little things that um, the average person, especially back in the day, like they'd never seen an Asian dunk. I, I went to go see, uh, it was, I'm so lucky. All the things that I've seen, been so lucky. Uh, Jeremy invited me to go watch him play at Harvard. You know, I, and I wanted to go out there. And so we arranged it. And the first game I go watch, I was actually live tweeting it. It's, you could probably search it in my old tweets. Uh, Jeremy uh, drives baseline, dunks against the other, you know, Ivy League team. And that's just, I've sat there going, the world has never seen mm -hmm. it. Um, and so I wrote about all that. And it, it was like one of the um, bigger articles that I wrote for Golden State of Mind. So that, it kind of blew up. Um, I was, uh, you know, talking to, you know, uh, NBA agents just to get their, their, their take on it. And, you know, um, there was, there was good feedback. And so, you know, a lot of them were like, you know, why not? And so it, it was, it was pretty much the Jeremy Lin movement. That was the piece. Yeah. Like the state of mind. Yeah. And then you know, that, Oh, yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but it, no, it was no, very I, unusual at the time to see like a six four, six five, um, Asian American guard um, in the NBA, yeah. um, being you know a little bit more athletic and and dunking the ball with one hand there. And it's just unfortunate yeah. that Jeremy Lin's career didn't take off while he was with the Golden State Warriors, but he was able to oh, yeah. you know kind of make his NBA contributions um, with other teams um, here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm I'm also glad that he was able to you know kind of cash it in, too. Oh, um, he made he made a good amount of uh, you know money um, in this league uh, and, and at the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, he's still trying. You know, he's still trying yeah. right now. Even despite yeah. making all all that money, he still wants to make a contribution in the NBA. He still thinks he right. has something to offer here. Yeah. Well, first off, I, I would say he's more like six three. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Just, bring that down a little bit but um but yeah like i said we could we could spend the whole podcast on jeremy um, we would love to you know have you back on and just talk about <laughs> yeah, jeremy lynn just a whole we'll episode just him. about him yeah. for sure. and if you and if we could even get jeremy lynn on the call too that would be great as well you know oh, well i i don't know i i don't know that i don't know that uh he'd yeah. be too, <laughs> i mean there's there's a whole story behind me and jeremy mm -hmm. um I mean, basically, you know, I already told you, I'm, I'm like all about Asian American community and yeah. stuff. I, I mean, I, I used to be way more deep into that. Dream League now is open because you know why? People started bringing non-Asians to play in the in the Asian League. And I was like, forget it. You know, we're, we're not going to say it's an Asian League. It's just, just bring whoever you want. And I will try my best to judge your team and put them in the right division. And if there's any problems, you know, I, it, we've morphed so many times pivoted, just kind of like let's go warriors has and just adjusted to the times, try to be malleable. I've had teams start with, you know, this roster and end up, you know, picking up ringers. I said, 
well, you don't need to pick up ringers. I'm going to put you in the right playoff bracket anyways, and it's double elimination. So, you know, don't try to don't try to game the system because at the end of the day, who who's going to want to come to my league, pay the money, which is, doesn't even cost that much? Um, I just charge ten dollars per person minimum. Six or seven guys you got to have. Uh, I don't even make money really. It's gotten to that point, and um, so you're going to have you know. Why would you come here and want to blow out the team by 30? No, you. this is the dream league. This, you want to win. You want to have games like last night, Warriors-Bucks. You yeah. want to have close games and excitement like that. You want it to be uh, clutch time, not a total blowout all the time. So that, that was kind of something special there uh, that, you know, it, it just just kind of adjusts as the years go, go by. Um, and then just to get it back on track. So 2009, 2010, um, Shiloh of Golden State of Mind was like, hey, you know, the Warriors are struggling again um, and they're starting to let us blocks go to game. Uh, Shiloh and Justin are, are so like entrepreneurial techie guys. They're like, we don't have the time to actually go to a game. So uh, why don't you go to the game? Because, you know, you run your dream league on, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, and then Sunday, uh, you might have more time to go to these games. And so that's when I started getting credential. So uh, that was like 2010. And it would be occasional, like this game, that game. Um, and then uh, what I noticed, I was, I was one of the first ones to live tweet from a, mm-hmm. from a game. Mm-hmm like to really give my input from a game on Twitter. And um, and then I'd be writing articles and stuff, maybe go to a practice here and there. The one practice I remember uh, the most vividly was Ekpe mm. Udo. Keith Smart was the, was the, was the coach. And um, they, they let me interview Keith Smart, which is like unheard of. For, for a blog, even today, like for, for a blog to ask for a one-on-one with the coach, the head coach, that'd be hard to do these days. But when you're only winning so many games back in 2009 <laughs> and 10, uh, they, they'll, if you want to write about us, write about us. It, obviously, try to keep it positive mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and so I, I asked Keith Smart about Udo, uh, He'd been playing well, but, you know, not playing as much. So pretty much Smart was like, yeah, you don't want to kill his confidence by playing him too much and then you get killed out there as a, as a, as a young rookie and all that. I, I still didn't agree mm-hmm. with it because mm-hmm. yeah, anyways, <laughs> but it was, it was interesting how, yeah, you learned that Keith Smart was more right. of a development guy yeah. uh, back then. But anyways, yeah. that was just so one I, time. let me let me jump in real quick. So you know you know how COVID's yeah. like impacting everyone in the world and NBA is no different, right? I think that was like one of the shocking moments is when NBA, yeah. you know, stopped the whole league. So how has that impacted your job and yeah. getting the scoops on the Warriors and how yeah. good was it to be back yesterday? I think you were at the Bucks game yesterday, right? I think I saw your Twitter. So how how great did it feel to yeah. finally be back? Maybe yeah. talk to us a little bit about your your, I guess, your pandemic journey <laughs> of this past year. 
Yeah. Um, when it first, um, when the NBA got suspended, it was, I mean, I'm, I, uh, I have an engineering degree from Cal, so I'm a pretty logical, you know, science type guy. And when, um, when they closed, I, I live in Ingleside district in San Francisco. So that's sort of on the border of Daly city. And, uh, I have a daughter that, um, uh, goes to school in the area. And one of the high schools, uh, had a case of COVID. This was back when not a lot of people knew mm. what was going on. And so they shut down the school and then another mm, one <laughs> near our neighborhood. So it's like, I'm like starting to get worried. And it, then I start doing research. I learn how it's transmitted and this and that. And, you know, I'm, I'm literally, you know, maybe the next night I'm at, I'm at Chase Center. I'm, I'm in the media room and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> this is, this is a place where I, I could, the disease could get, the, the virus could get transmitted pretty easily in this room. Um, you know, you're just thinking, you know, respiratory particles, right? All of that. So I, I immediately stopped going to games. So I missed two games. And then the next game that Brooklyn Nets, that would have been the third game in a row that I would have missed, but they, but they suspended it anyways. So, um, and it's funny because uh, I tweeted that uh, Chase would be a Petri dish because I got that from somebody else. I can't remember who, maybe some <laughs> other NBA writer. It probably was true, yeah. right? And now, and, we, now and, looking back at it, it was probably true. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Warriors PR, one of the guys uh, joked about it with me, kind of like, um, I don't know. I, I may have over-exaggerated a bit, but now that we look back, maybe not, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so uh, that, it just shut down everything, obviously, and, and then we didn't have any basketball content for the longest time. You know, we just had The Last Dance on ESPN was our mm -hmm. only, like, content. It was really tough as far as Let's Go Warriors. Even the, the broadcast that they had with NBC, Bay Area, like showing Clay's 37 points in the quarter or whatever, that was a novelty. You know, um, we would we would live tweet it or something, and then it just it didn't catch on with a lot of people. Um, and then I guess if you fast forward to the season coming back, all the interviews are done by Zoom, so that was weird because I'm used to going to practice filming Steve Kerr in his scrum, simultaneously filming, I don't know, Steph Curry on the other side of the court with my other phone. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, double fisting like that. Um, and uh, now it's like, no, it's just Zoom. And so I was, I was like recording the Zoom. Um, I had to get a new laptop because my old one couldn't really do it well. And um. Uh, they 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 told me to adjust a little bit, not just rebroadcast the entire Zoom. So we pivoted on that. So now it's more topic based. Which I actually I think it's better. So you know, just funny mm -hmm. things happen, and you adjust, and and it turns out that that's uh, 
that's sort of the right thing yep. to do. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, oh, so last night, yeah, <laughs> finally, uh, get back there. And I, I have been totally playing it safe. So I, I waited until I got vaccinated mm, plus good. two weeks. So my second dose was back on March 18th. So it was enough time. So I finally, you know, the Warriors were on a road trip. So I finally emailed PR, talked about it. Funny to go, oh, it's triumphant <laughs> return. So, yeah, that is really cool, cool. actually. Cause it's, it's, <laughs> and, but you never know, like with, with PR, I didn't know until mm -hmm. day before, uh, like maybe in the evening time that I was approved for it because they get so many requests and especially like during COVID right now, they, the NBA has limited attend. So it depends on a lot of factors and it's like the Warriors PR has to like, like choose. I mean, it's like, I don't know, figuring out who to invite. To yeah. <laughs> you have to do know. some filtering um, down, right? <laughs> it's hard. And you're going to get a lot of disappointed people. I, I've been in that um, mm. that position as well and you kind of wonder oh you know did I do something wrong did I you know what should I post this content or that or you know so you never know so it's it's a delicate game that always has to be played and um, PR departments have to mm -hmm. figure out how to say no gently um, so I, I just wanted to you know let people know that it's it's not always that uh, that we get the credential, um, especially now. But I, I am going to ask now for the upcoming back-to-back. -back, I'm going to literally tell them as a joke, you know, oh, my, you know, my triumphant return also yep. uh, produced a win <laughs> that uh, a badly needed good win. Good luck so charm. Maybe, <laughs> maybe need to keep the good luck, good luck charm right. around. Yeah. Uh, but also just being at practice all the time. And uh, so back in 2012-13, um, I, I realized I was doing more, um, especially like, uh, I guess, just writing more. And um, yeah, back then uh, the YouTube hadn't really taken off. But uh, so 2012-13, that summer, the Warriors went to China. So I purposely went out of my way to make sure I could go to China with the team because I knew that it wouldn't get covered a lot by like the Mercury wasn't going to send anybody. The Chronicle wasn't going to send anybody. The Athletic didn't even exist back then, you know. Uh, no other newspapers would cover it. So I was their beat writer out there oh, wow. in China. And so I, I demonstrated to... Warriors PR that um, that I, I could qualify as a season credential guy, and so um, in 2013 they gave me a season credential, meaning you don't have to ask every time like I have to do now. We've we've reset now with COVID, but um, you know once they open up the media section more, then I assume that I'll I'll go back to my original status. If not, yeah, for the <laughs> thing. we'll see. So, we'll see. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's how that's how that's awesome. the Warriors kind of started with the fact that I was I was actually covering the team yeah. on a day to day basis. So that that helped out a lot. 
Yeah, I wanted to uh, get into this Warrior season here, and I I love how yeah. you mentioned Epe Udo um, back when he was playing for Keith Smart and how they were kind of being patient with his development back then. Yeah. And we're kind of seeing something similar uh, with James Wiseman, maybe not yeah. as talented as Epe Udo um, here, but there's been some criticism about. Udo's yeah, there's been. <laughs> Yeah, but there's been some criticism, you know, about James Wiseman uh, this season yeah. and some of his contributions um, so far. You know, he being drafted above Lamelo Ball. Um, do you think right. this is justified in terms of the criticism here? And do you project Wiseman to be a superstar in this league? Yeah, actually, I, I had a one of my rare YouTube videos that was like a report directly from me, uh, giving my hot take. I guess uh, right. I guess released it on the morning of the draft. I said, I said Wiseman should be the number two pick. It's a no brainer. Yeah. And I said um, that he could be a generational type player. And the reason why I said that was I had seen a highlight. Really, it was credit Mike uh, Mike Schmitz of ESPN. His he's becoming more and more popular. Mm -hmm. um, he's business partners with uh, Draft Express. Um, so he had a clip of Wiseman at the Jordan Brand Classic for high schoolers, and Wiseman got the rebound, um, made like a behind-the-back dribble to get by somebody, and then went 94 feet, made the basket. The ref didn't call the foul. It should have been an and one, and I was blown away. I was like, my jaw dropped. I was like, this is the future. You know, you think Draymond at the four, bring the ball up. This is the future. <laughs> this is a five, bringing it up 94 feet. And that that play still isn't that popular or still kind of a diamond in the rough right now, even though Wiseman has shown the baby Giannis move a couple times early this season. So I think um, this this season... Uh, we could talk about we could do another <laughs> podcast show just to talk about the the divergence yeah. of Warriors fans, like the Warriors fans that, that have been around uh, versus the the newer ones that came along during the KD era and seemingly mm -hmm. are very mm -hmm. entitled to like yeah. just end the social media era, like immediate yeah. results, immediate results. It's like people forget, and I'm 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 just rehashing what Steve Kerr says on a daily basis is Wiseman only played three college games then he had to individually train for months and months and months I forget how many months it was but it was a long time um, like maybe at least 10 months like if not 10 then 8 or 9 you know a lot and so he, he has so few games played um, he didn't have a uh, summer league, which is like mm -hmm. two weeks of really good development because you're practicing every day. You're getting to know some of the other teammates. You know, he probably would have spent time with Jordan Poole, uh, Juan Toscano, those types of guys, Nico. He didn't get that. He also didn't get training camp um, in terms mm -hmm. of a full-fledged training camp. I, I look back. I went back to 2015, which is the last normal season the Warriors had because I say normal because in 2016, 17, 18, 19, 
Um, and then 2020 was the gap year, so we can't count that at, at all. But um, all of those years, so lawyers would like purposely schedule the minimum amount of preseason games because we have KD. We're trying to get through this right. season unscathed. This is 2016, 17, 18, 19. Whereas 2015, we're still on the come up. We still want the full training camp, seven preseason games. They got wow. seven preseason games in in 27 <laughs> days. Training camp was 27 Amazing. days. Um, and this year, it was one week. So, like, he doesn't really get to mm. feel the game. Just throw him out there and... And then I think this season has been so tough with with the protocols. So um, he uh, he's going well, and then All Star break hits, and then I just saw the um, the video on Undefeated. He's doing the a video diary mm-hmm. with uh, ESPN Undefeated, and he said uh, first time I heard it uh, that the reason he didn't pass protocol during all-star break was he was oh, wow. fun, <laughs> but he forgot and so but a rookie mistake like that in such a weird yep. year like this it'll cost you games and he missed those games and then then he, he right right his, uh, mm-hmm. wrist remember that so then you miss 10 11 more games i mean what do you expect so i, I think a lot of people just yeah, you weird, the psychology. Yeah, you make a really good point. Man. I mean, he's doing you know? pretty well given all those conditions. Actually, you're seeing a lot of glimmers of hope um, that he's, you know, going to be a good player down the line. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think you you did a really good job of putting that into the context of of this weird year. So, <laughs> so it's uh... <clears throat> yeah. So it's just patience um, because if you if you add up all the days that he's gotten to be you know, a, a rookie, it, it just, it's just so different. And um, uh, Steve Kerr brings up Kobe, Kevin Garnett. Um, those guys struggled mm-hmm. their first year as well, remember? So, and then if you look at some of the guys on the other end, David Robinson played four years at Navy, so he got plenty of development time. Uh, Tim Duncan mm-hmm. played four years, so... Um, so yeah, you look at both sides of the spectrum on that, and it's yeah. pretty clear what's happening. It's just time time is passing us by, kind of different. So you, COVID so, and right. I guess with this Warriors season <laughs> seems to be kind of another development year since Clay went down. Do you think the Warriors have a chance to turn it back around next year when Clay gets back? Do you see any key moves there to help us uh, be back to dominance? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I always, that's, I think, one thing that many things make me different than the average credential reporter. Um, but one thing is my, my background in the environment of basketball. Like when, when uh, Dream League had 125 teams spread amongst uh, San Jose, San Mateo, San Francisco, and Oakland, I would score keep for like 12 hours on a Sunday and then go back and do two or three more on Tuesday night and Thursday night. It was like 
it was a full-fledged business. It was actually pretty cool, even though it kind of burned me out. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of basketball that you're watching and you're pretty much keeping track closely because mm. you're keeping all the stats. Um, and so from all of that um, and me playing in the Japantown League and uh, Asian American tournaments, Filipino tournaments, Japanese tournaments, Japanese League tournaments, um, there's e- there was even Chinese tournaments they would hold in Chinatown. You know, you you take you take our best shooter, our best starting shooter off my team. Right. We're gonna suck. I mean, we're we are literally gonna suck. Mm-hmm. Like, cause that affects everything. Who's gonna step up? Oh, we don't actually have a shooter besides. Let's see, who can I remember? KG. We had a guy named Carl Gusner, but I didn't play mm-hmm. with him. I coached that team. But you take Carl Gusner, our three point specialist, off the team. Or my, my guy, Andy Shin, back in the day, he'd be our three-point specialist when I played. And it's like, oh, man, where is it going to be tough to win games? And also, I don't know. It's obvious to me. Like, one guy, of course he makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a starter, a shooter, a scorer, and a Hall of Famer, and basically a, yep. a first-team all-defender. He's one of the best players on your team, and, and of course, and I would say Warriors history, right? He's team. probably one of the best Warriors to ever come by here. So you're you're losing a really key piece to the team there. So I definitely yep. agree with you there. I I don't know if just people don't play basketball anymore. Maybe that's it because everything's all youth basketball. You just throw all your money at at youth basketball. And burn those poor kids out <laughs> by the time they're 22. Yeah. They don't want to play in Dream League. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand that because um, I used to coach uh, AAU basketball too, and would see kind of all the games and practices these kids would um, would go through here on a weekly and and weekend basis here. But um, you know, I wanted to talk about just a little bit about your YouTube uh, channel. You have over a yeah. hundred thousand subscribers here. Um, well, amazing content. Almost, not yeah, you're close. So, <laughs> hopefully, get you more there. <laughs> yeah. But um, but what keeps you kind of motivated to keep it going here? You know, keeping up with the newsletters, with the content, and also with your yeah. uh, YouTube videos. Um. Yeah, when you say newsletters, I guess that's the the Substack mm-hmm. platform that we have the website on. Uh, that one. Um, I think it's just just the passion for that and um with the youtube i mean you're always trying to scrape for the ad revenue so there is money coming in it's not a lot but uh you see kind of results and you see you know when when staff is healthy you you see a little you know increase in, in the viewers and stuff so there's that and I think just the excitement of being around the team, of having the the access to the team and just being able to put that somewhere, everything that you see. And then now just with the with the evolution or should we say devolution, really it's devolved of social media. It's gotten so bad. And, and you know what I you know what I think? The whole thing mm-hmm. with KD and Michael Rappaport, it, it's yeah. like it's like a, a flashpoint. It's like you see how bad social media has gotten to this 
super low point where both KD mm-hmm. and Rappaport look terrible. And it's, it's only because they picked up their phone and decided to utilize social social media on there. And um, so as, as a result of all of that, I feel like there's tons and tons of misinformation. So that's part of what I want to do with the YouTube. Like my next step, maybe when I hit 100K, it's, it's, it's tough because right now I'm talking to you on the podcast. I literally just sort of got out of my uh, fatigue uh, and, and rest, you know, sleep overnight mm-hmm. from, from the game. I was covering the game last night, you know, pretty much last guy out of chase. <laughs> the lights wow. turned off on me. Wow. I'm sitting wow. there and I had to turn on the flashlight wow. of, of two of my phones. <laughs> to, to find my stuff and pack up but i was about to leave anyway um so you know i'm doing all this posting all this these uh behind the scenes videos um and it's it's tiring so i don't know that i'll actually be able to i i gotta be able to somehow carve out the time to post these videos just like the james wiseman informational video like to stop the misinformation so um that that people can at least there's you know they can try to find me and try to find the real information of what's right. happening like with Wiseman what, what we just talked about like pe- people don't know that mm-hmm. a normal training camp is 27 days with seven preseason games they don't know that so I still need to do a better job of doing that amongst all the other things that I'm doing with the with the behind the scenes videos that you see right now that keep the site afloat keep the channel going um so uh we're we're almost at 100k maybe at around 100k then that'll uh fire <laughs> me to to go that extra mile uh who knows um, yeah but yeah it's been it's been tough uh got lucky mm-hmm. got lucky too but uh you just, just you just try your best and you you pivot when you need to when you have to and you just keep trying a few things get advice from other people like uh mm-hmm. coach nick b-ball breakdown yeah uh, gave me some good advice it's like well make sure you title your video correctly and make sure it has a good thumbnail you would not believe those two things the most simplest things you could think of for youtube mm-hmm. actually make a difference <laughs> so um so yeah this we've come a long way on the YouTube channel, it all really started with my access with Team USA in 2012. Blake Griffin uh, did a off the wall dunk that I happened to be there and capture. Wow, old I, I do remember that. That is that that dunk up, was amazing. I yeah, <laughs> crazy. And and ESPN wanted to show it on their on sports center so they contacted me i don't even know how they contacted me maybe just by email or something and they said uh oh uh, can you give us permission to do it so I, i'm in vegas i go to a casino i, I look up and sports center plays my video of blake griffin <laughs> dunking and it's like whoa i'm on espn yeah. funny I, I called like one friend of mine to, you know it was social media wasn't that big back then you know, now right. it's going to be, oh, Bleacher Report, uh, whatever, sideline sources, the score, and they'll just, they'll just kind of 
sort of steal it. I mean, they'll still ask you, but I I want to I want to like turn it all the way back around. So if if I get a viral thing, like one of my viral things was D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Poole, they're coming in the tunnel at New Orleans. I was in New Orleans for this, right by the tunnel, because I always film the tunnel, no matter what happens. And here comes Steph jumping up and down because they just won. They just came back and won. And, and they're jumping up and down, and all of a sudden, D'Angelo Russell is jumping up and down with Steph. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember yeah, that too. video. But, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that was mine. And, and like ESPN asked for it, Bleacher Report asked for it. I said, okay. And then they did it, but I didn't, you know, maybe it was credited tiny, tiny print over here, whatever, but nobody followed us. Like it, it didn't result in a whole lot of, uh, you know, exposure mm-hmm. to Let's Go Warriors, to be honest with you. So I would just rather it be from now on in terms of the landscape of the media. Right. If there's something like that, I'm keeping it to my, you know, we, we have, we have 102,000 followers on Instagram, but I don't think, you know, it's like the sales equation, no more than 5% actually mm. <laughs> are active right. on Instagram and look at that stuff. Um, and I would just have that tiny percentage uh, be privileged enough to see something that I filmed and no, Bleacher Report, ESPN, mm-hmm. no, you don't get to rebroadcast that. You have to follow me to, to be part of that family. So I don't have any problem with uh, totally uh, looking at this whole equation backwards again. And it, it just sort of fell in my lap that I'm working with some of the Golden State of Mind guys on our website and it's subscription-based. So we have a sort of small community there too, sort of a small community on YouTube. You know, you go look uh, any random i'm i'm happy if we get like five thousand ten thousand views mm-hmm. out of out of a hundred thousand so that's where that <laughs> five percent sales equation comes right. in fine so be it so be it only five thousand people know that uh steph said he that he burned yeah. it off last night he said that so only five thousand <laughs> right, right. people know that fine <laughs> that, so i'm kind of looking at the whole media landscape. yeah definitely i i, I love so, your content i think that's why i reached out to you i mean you you definitely have a lot of good insights a lot of exclusive clips like those so uh, i'm glad to hear that yeah you should definitely keep it exclusive for for your listeners and your followers and help grow your channel so i think it's the right mindset and um my hats off to you those those articles and those um the youtube videos are great so <laughs> oh, thanks. I'm glad somebody out there. All right, so uh, poor man, I know you're very uh, strict on time now, and we 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 took some liberties, I guess, in going over. So, so I want to uh, thank you. Good. I want to thank you very much. Yeah. Um, uh, I want. It's, it's all good. Uh, you said you said sixty minutes, and then I was at first going like, wow, oh, I, I gotta, you know, I covered the game last right. night. You know, usually there's practice right now but there's uh, not thank goodness yeah. gave them the day off but you know i mean I, i'm passionate about this stuff and so i think it's worth it to like yeah get the word definitely. out um you know there's i i just if there's one thing i just people just mm-hmm. be careful on social media like really take it to heart what happened with katie and Rappaport. and 
myself mm. i've had like mini versions of that like be it twitter obviously twitter oh. uh reddit even instagram just even our own website there can be um misunderstandings and because of mm -hmm. the anonymous nature of commenting it can be uh both ways can be misconstrued and um so you just have to really be careful i would i would even try to <laughs> try to stay off of it um except for information but then you got you know what i like mm. to call comedians on twitter they twist the truth and then all of a sudden that's it's true like fake news right yeah right? <laughs> donald trump all of that stuff it, they, they twist them your mind and then there's a cult like following of this so there's there's a lot of people on there that suddenly they they mm. really despise yep. Yep. steve kerr they really yeah. do and it's sad because he's actually a really cool guy and in my opinion he's a great coach like yeah x's and o's whatever this and that i mean yeah you can nitpick anybody uh, you go go watch a Spurs game. Go nitpick Popovich X's and O's. It's the same thing. I used to coach uh, all stars from my dream league to go play in these uh, tournaments like in Vegas or wherever. So I know, like, as a coach, you're making so many decisions in every game, like to be scrutinized this or that. I mean, come on, it's like, so you're either this or that. And I'm like, well, the players could play better. <laughs> It's usually my conclusion about it. Um, yeah, and and social so. media—it's so easy to have a knee-jerk reaction um, here, exactly. and, and it just—it just could be so you know negative to that standpoint. Exactly. And everyone, you know, you're not gonna have like everyone loving you on social media right. too. You're gonna have people who are not gonna like you know what you put out there. There's always gonna be that percentage um, there, and it's finding ways to kind of screen out the noise in that yeah. sense and also kind of keep moving forward which is what you've been doing yeah that's what i try to have let's go warriors be it's the positive side of things yeah and it's cool because when we do the live streams of the games which last night I, I i could only comment i couldn't you know participate you know mm. nbc has a contract for broadcasting the game when it's live there so i couldn't butt into that but um the 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 guys that I have helping me out on those, it's cool because we're all of the same kind of ilk, the same culture. Like, keep it positive and look at the other side of the coin. Like, why is this thing? And so we're trying to turn the, I guess, turn the corner on on the stuff and trying to make it more positive. And so yeah, with with social media, just. Um, people out there just really uh at least I, I think more people are understanding that social media can have such it can be such a cesspool of negativity so mm -hmm. there's more mm -hmm. and more Definitely. awareness of that mm -hmm. so that's good all right so well well i want to keep yeah. it more poor man so thank you very much for coming on our show and um is there anything you want to plug before uh, we good. sign off anything you want our listeners to follow or or um, how can they find you oh yeah um i think just keep it simple is uh find us on youtube uh let's go warriors all one word and uh, come join us and, and be part of the 
100,000k subscribers right. uh, goal. That'd be kind of cool. Um, and one thing I think a lot of people don't realize is actually the mobile mm-hmm. YouTube app on your phone mm-hmm. is actually pretty pretty darn good. Like um, you can find related videos, but not only that, it has its own stories and it has its yeah. own um, community section, which I think is poorly named, but that's where I can post like, uh, oh, Eric Pascal's uh, mm. latest injury report is XYZ. Yep. That's where I post it is in the community part. And if you you uh, subscribe to that and get notifications, then you'll have that all, you know, informationally at the tip of your part in the palm of your hand. So. Yeah, the app has definitely been uh, very intuitive um, lately here in a sense that, yeah, you can view a lot of like your subscriptions, your stories here, and also be able to take video at the same time. So uh, yeah, props to YouTube uh, for putting out. Well, a very all right. Good thank you very much. And uh, I hope we well, can do this again. I would love to hear more stories about Jeremy Lin and the rest of the season. So maybe we yeah. try to get you back on near the end of the season. And yeah, hopefully sure. we're talking playoffs then. So <laughs> Yeah. Crossed. All yeah. right. Well, thank you. Keep your fingers crossed. Go ahead. Go. But then again, you know, who who would want to play? Who would want right. to play? A team <laughs> That's with true. That one game on the line, right? Definitely, they, they're not going to be easy. Out, I'll tell you that. that so, too. if we are in yeah. the playoff, I feel like we can do some damage. So, <laughs> yeah. well, thank you very much, poor man. Um, and I we're yeah, at time, so I don't want to keep you any longer. But, okay. but it's been a pleasure, and um, definitely thank you, and best of luck to you on your show. I'll, I'll definitely be listening, and we'll both we'll both be followers and subscribers to your show. So, <laughs> so keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. Oh, much appreciated. All right, thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the MJ Sportscast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the MJ Sportscast at Mike408 at MindOfJerry11. Tune in next week for another exciting episode.